Rotten Tomatoes has already reviewed this sequel of a prequel that's also still a prequel of 2007's Transformers, 55 by the critics, 86% by the audience. We're here to review Transformers Rise of the Beast. Autobots, roll out. And I then called it during our review of Bumblebee. Vindication, vindication. Welcome back to Tales of Two Bros. I am Angel. I'm Adon. Where we give you a review at least once a week. Spoilers. So yes, Adon, you called it. I called a couple things. Yes, but you called one definitely in the sense of during our review of Bumblebee that you said that if what if John Cena was really part of this other organization, G.I. Joe. Yes. And when that was shown, I was like, holy crap. I'm telling you, I was in the theater like. Granted, John Cena is not in this movie. Mm -hmm. And again, it's supposed to be a sequel of the prequel, which is still a prequel to the original movie. Actually, there's more details to that, though. Let's go over real quick before you go over your powers that be that I was able to figure that out and all that stuff. It's directed by Steve Koppel Jr., written by Jarby Harold, Darnell Medellier, and others, it says here. Starring Anthony Ramos, Dominique Fishback, Luna Lauren Velez, who we know from Spider-Verse movies. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you this right now, she did a far better job doing a live action performance than she ever did in the animated. Because I'm sorry, she is boring as hell and flat. She had less time on the screen. (laughs) It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There's some people who are great voice actors and there are some people who are great actors and there are some people who can act and voice act. She is not the person who can voice act. Sorry. You have a multiple of live actors, but the voices of the Autobots, the Primals, and Terracons. So we have here, to go off really quick as best as possible, Peter Gullen, who played Optimus Prime. Mm -hmm. Ron Perlman was Optimus Primal. Peter Dinklage was Scourge. Did not know that. Michelle Yao, very distinguished voice, was Air Razor. Peter Davison, I had to look while watching a movie who that voice was because I couldn't recognize the voice until I looked. And it's he's Mirage. Yes. Mm-hmm. Lisa Koshi, she plays RC. Mm-hmm. John DiMaggio, he was Transit Stratosphere. Mm-hmm. David Sobolov, he was Ronix, Battletrap, oh. Apple Link. Rhinox. I, I, what'd I say? Ronix. Oh, sorry. Rhinox. For the longest time, Beast Wars was my number one Transformer show. So. And so he was the voice for that? I don't remember if he was the original voice, but that was the character's name for 100%. Okay. MJ Rodriguez was Nightbird. Coleman Domingo was Unicron. Great okay. voice for that. Yeah, he did a good job. Cristo Fernandez from Ted Lasso fame. He was Wheeljack. I'm going to say this wrong. Tungai Teresa. Sorry for that. He was Cheetor. Yeah. He had like mm. one line or two. He but had more lines than Rhinox. <laughs> true. That is true. But some of the voices were great. Like Michelle Yell, very distinguished. Yeah. Easy to pinpoint. Cristo, awesome. Him and I were like, I heard his voice. because we're excited for him being successful. This is the second that I know of big blockbuster kind of film. He was in Venom, Let There Be Carnage, and he's in yeah. this. You are 
huge fan of Transformers. You're familiar, like you said, of Beast Wars. How good were they in the sense of capturing the Beast Wars aspect? Okay. Okay. So that's actually one of the biggest negatives I had. There's pros and cons to this. The biggest con against it is like the Maximals. Even though they adopted the form of animals, technically they didn't do it like they did in Beast Wars. Beast Wars was like, they looked and they were the same size as the animals. And then they like became the machines. So and they're really more incognito in a sense they blended in better. Just like Transformers. I love the fact that Optimus Primal, they did have a good storyline for him. Like there was a little bit of driving for him. And Michelle Yeoh's a character, Air Razor. Love Michelle Yeoh. Mm -hmm. Everything she mm -hmm. does, she's just great in of everything I've seen. I wanted more Cheetor. I wanted more Rhinox. They didn't even have Rat Trap. I was upset. No Rat Trap. He was perfect in that cave. Like he was a smart mm -hmm. aleck tech guy. Didn't even have him. So it just hurt me in my soul. But uh, <laughs> nothing relevant to you at all. <laughs> it's over your head. But well, no, I mean, it's great that you know this. Of, I don't. I mean, I, my limitation of Transformer animation or Transformer cartoons it was the ones that 84. was on, you know, huh? Uh, 1984 Transformers. Right. Like, yeah. Hey. But I'm talking about like, you know, the, the ones in the, after school, you know, the lineup of He Man, Transformer, G.I. Joe. Yeah. So all those lines, that's what I'm familiar with. And so the Beast Wars, that's, again, that's a little more recent in comparison. And yes, I'm not familiar with that. So real quick. Now, I like that both Optimus did the roll call of rollout. But who truly was first? Was it Optimus Prime or Optimus Primal? Oh, you're asking the chicken or egg question. In the movie, Optimus Prime is first. True. Because Primal says... I took my name after you. Yes. And don't you have that figure? Didn't I buy you that figure? Yes. That's so the box. Th so that figure version is, again, this is all about time travel. That version of Optimus Primal is him partially fused with Optimus because he finds Optimus' body from the OG series when he was okay. comatose. And then but the okay, timeline got so, changed. So, so again, who came first? in the books or in the cartoons technically you're gonna say uh like any continuity nerd will say optimus but i'm asking you i will what say do you know i will tell you the og optimus prime is technically okay. first then you go into time travel continuity shenanigans any movie about time travel is always gonna be like that <laughs> yeah now I did see some tie-ins to the original one where they say the scorpion. Yes. That was in the desert scene in the original one. And a spinoff or I guess a relative of that little shiny character. I forgot the name again. I want to say Frizzer or Freezer or whatever the thing was that turned into a cassette and then turned into a cell phone in the original one. Yes. So they had that as the as Scourge's uh, lap dogs, if you will. Okay. So I said what was negative about the uh, the Beast Wars thing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you what's the positive, and this is also going to talk about like the whole continuity issue. I'm going to knock this out of the okay. way right now. For those who are first time listening or watching our review here, is that I had trouble a lot in the sense of how what Transformers 2007 did, and and then the sequels, but then the prequel of Bumblebee happened that took place in 1984. Oh, I'm sorry, that 87. 87, 87, mm -hmm. yeah, because it's seven years apart, that I lost the continuity how Optimus Prime got there in the Bumblebee movie where we see him in the tri 
2007 movie Transformers, he arrives there. Yes. And they, and and thought, they still don't answer that question. They still don't answer that question, but I mm. thought they were going to when he was being sucked up. True, true. Which would have been I cool. That, it would have been cool. That's like, okay. But go on. Okay, so there's two explanations to this. There's the financial explanation in real life. Um, so super quick answer for that. In real life, Bumblebee was meant to be the prequel. And it was produced and made to be the prequel to Michael Bay's Transformers. Uh, roughly like halfway to like near the end of the production, they decided to use it as a re reboot. Hence why the Optimus Prime scene at the end of Bumblebee. Now. Even though that was done, it was never announced officially until a year, two years, something like that later. I had to dig for this, and I just found it today. Even Hasbro officially announced Bumblebee is technically a prequel slash reboot, if we want to keep it into okay, continuity. But, but what is it then? Because it can't be both. No, it, it's a, financially, it is both. But officially, it's considered a reboot. It's a full-on reboot. Okay. Now, here's if we want to be really geeky and, and, and go into this. Technically, this is supposed to be a reboot. So it, the whole wiki thing, you if you want, you could say scratch that. Or if you want to keep it in your whole movie franchise library, this is how you answer that question. In the actual storyline of Beast Wars, time travel is a thing. The Maximals are set from the future. And th this is why they say it's like we're from your, you know, your future and your past. Is no, Terminator? That was, like, that, was, that, was, that was my mind went. What the hell? Yeah. So you're in the so you're in the present, pretty much. If you're in the future and the past, you're actually in the present for them. So what happens in Beast Wars? In actuality, in the original series, they get sent back to like prehistoric times, and they are there before the Transformers even arrived. Their involvement actually changed history. Uh, something that you might uh, remember. Remember Chris Pine's Star Trek Into Darkness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right, the wormhole and all that stuff. Spock meets Spock, and they're talking about time, and the fact that the OG Spock came back, rewrote time, or right. like Flashpoint. You know, think of it like that. DC Flashpoint. One particular event alters the rest of history. Butterfly effect. This answers that. The primals, and they said we we were here since before you guys ever got here, and. They altered everything, and it just uh, kaleidoscope of history is no longer the same. It can still stay in the franchise, but it's officially a reboot. Thank God, because last night, if you try to rationalize what happened in last night, the fifth Transformers film, it will never make sense because Mark Wahlberg's film had Unicron as oh, Earth. They mentioned Mark Wahlberg. Oh, they had a lot of references. So many references. Oh, I know, but. But the thing is, they, they mentioned Mark Wahlberg in a sense of as if Marky Mark. Yeah, yeah. No, he said so Marky little, Mark. Yeah. Right. So they had that little thing. I was like, oh, okay. That's really cute. They're pulling back from that. So wait a minute. Hold up. Earth was what before? In his, and when Mark Wahlberg was there? Unicron. Exactly. A few moments later. Okay. So that makes, I mean, okay. Oh, it, but Unicron, but Unicron was more like Galactus. Exactly. As he always should have been. He should never have been Earth. Okay. Yes. All right. We're bringing it back to the old school, baby. Yes. <laughs> That's why All I like right. it. Because right. Unicron here was very similar to 84 movie Unicron. That classic, it's a planet. And you see the face, and it's like eats and devours other planets. I'm like, yeah, that's the Unicron I grew up with. 
That's a terrifying ca- uh, character. That covers my retcon. That was actually the the best description I could come up with. So, as to- so your retcon, it really is, is just that from Bumblebee is a reboot of the Transformer franchise. Exactly. And then if a- for anybody that was trying to rationalize the two together in, in their mind, that's the best way you could do it is this movie ties all of them, but you don't have to. It's just like Star Trek. Yeah, but I mean, the way they tie it together is pretty much with the Camaro, Bumblebee's Camaro. Mm-hmm. And I guess, because is now the the G.I. Joe business card. Yes. It had an emblem, right? Yeah, G.I. Joe has an emblem. Right, but I was trying to remember it was the same one that John Turturro's character had. Or they did a mock-up in the sense of similar, because they don't say their G.I. Joe Division. I want to say, like, uh, because they say John Turturro's division in Bumblebee, right? It's like Section eight, 7 or Section 8 or something like that, right? Right. But uh, they were talking about in uh, John Cena. I want to say there was a scene where they were talking about, like, spinning off. Not really spinning off, but, like, we need to be prepared kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can imagine this evolving into the G.I. Like, Section 8 evolves into G.I. Joe. What's funny, earlier I was talking to someone around my age and very big into all the stuff that we're into. Yeah. He he agrees with me like Transformer has become the come very fast and furious where the story doesn't make sense. The continuity is all over the place, but then it's about family. <laughs> they made that mention in it. And I told him it was a watch. They'll probably do a G.I. Joe with Transformers. No, no, Fast and Furious with Transformers and G.I. Joe fighting Jurassic Park. I did make a joke about that years ago. <laughs> On like a, someone else, I forget what stream it was, but I joked about yeah. it. I was like, uh, it's like they're all, are they all produced on the same company? Like they just cross over and just make it all happen. I showed you that one meme about uh, Fast and Furious making uh, Megazord. Right, it's a doable exactly. thing now. <laughs> well, I mean, doesn't Hasbro own GI Joe rights? Hasbro owns Power Rangers, GI Joes, Transformers. Yeah, they have all the major lines. So they can they can probably make a Hasbro universe. And looks I like mean, they are going to with GI Joe now mentioned in this. Yeah, no, it works because like GI Joe had storylines in like comics where they did missions and interacted with Transformers. So it but absolutely was, would it, work. Is there like a cartoon or a cartoon movie of G.I. Joe and Transformers? I don't believe there is a cartoon movie. Okay. That that would be the one exception. But I heavily, I do remember comics where they interacted. Now, this movie is good. It's good at the heart. You have a the man trying to do right, trying to do right by his family, by his brother who needs money for his uh, condition. He's former military very mm-hmm. smart, very tech, yeah, technically savvy. Yeah. Then you have this girl, which is funny. Also, there's always, if you notice, pretty much in every Transformer movie or production, is two people, a boy and a girl, helping the Autobots. I feel like there's a Michael Bay thing. No, yeah, but it's like, here. But he has there was a girl, a boy and a girl here. Bumblebee, a boy and a girl. All uh, the five uh, Transformer movies, uh, you know, Mark Wahlberg. Uh, his daughter, Mark Wahlberg, some English chick. Shia LaBeouf with Megan Fox and the other model chick, whatever, in the third film. Mm-hmm. So it's always like a male and female. But anyway, do you have a favorite moment? I have two. Setting aside G.I. Joe vindication moment for me, I would say uh, the the first car chase scene with Jazz was fun. Jazz um, or Mirage? Mirage. Wow. I messed up okay. on that one. I should have got yeah. that. 
<laughs> Mirage. I did like the mountain pass when they were being chased by Scourge and mm. Nightbird and whatnot, and they're being mm. and they're action wise. I thought that was great. Maybe edging it out just for nostalgia and for the fun of it. In contrast, I didn't like the end fight scene. I wasn't a big fan of the end fight scene, except for Bumblebee. I knew it was coming. Okay. I saw it coming, but then well, when he, yeah. when like you hear the soundtrack comes in, he's like, "Don't call it a comeback," and he jumps yeah. out. I'm like. Yes. Yes, I have to agree. That was my <laughs> one of my favorite moments. The return of Bumblebee and how he returned. Oh, yeah, it was badass. No, it was totally badass. <laughs> and this is the first time where you hear him, like, usually he, well, no, not necessarily so. Not, that's not true. I was going to say that he also pretty much plays, like, music. But he also does movies or lines from that. Here he did a lot of lines. He did one from... They live. Die Hard is his name. Scarface. For me, it was a deep cut when he did the live line. Uh, I thought he was going to do. Whole, I thought he was going to say the whole thing. I thought so too. As I came and I was here hoping to, to kick ass and chew bubblegum bubble and gum. I'm all out of bubblegum. Right. <laughs> right. And for me, the the one that that took a home was that business card. Yeah. Um, here's my the bad parts for me. Okay. Everything else was okay because you have some like cheeky moments, Elena. She was, eh, in my opinion. She was valuable to help, but- She eh, was a tool to get to the MacGuffin. She took forever to get up to that stone to do the the communication. Mm -hmm. It took forever. It's like, she's still there. And then she had to die for the book bag. And the thing is like, you know what the language is, is only three symbols. I was thinking that too. I'm like, you remember all sorts of uh, languages and hieroglyphics. You can't remember three symbols that you cracked the code on. Exactly. And, and it took her like 20 minutes to get from the cliff to the console, which was like maybe 10 feet away, not even. And it was like taking forever. And then you have here- Scourge? Uh, Noah. No, oh, no, Noah. you have Noah going all Iron Man. Yes. Which reminds me of Transformers Pretenders. That was a thing. where the uh, Or Titan Masters. It could be either, where the Transformers couldn't maintain themselves. And mm-hmm. Titan Masters, they used humans or s- smaller robots to actually mm-hmm. pilot them as a whole. That's what Mirage said to him. You have to take the wheel. Exactly. Uh, so, so I feel like over. they combined Titan Masters and Pretenders to make that. Okay. But still, the whole process of him getting the suit armor on totally was Iron totally Man. Iron Man. Absolutely. He even it had reminded, that pose. It, re- it reminded me of the scene in Iron Man 3. No, Iron Man 2. Excuse me. Iron Man 2 when he's at the racetrack. Yeah, yeah. While, while Whiplash is coming after him. He's like taking his time, putting it on. There's a, f- a Fast and Furious moment when they're in the mountains and they're being they're trying to fight and the rocket gets shot and the truck, the car or the caravan turns and the girl goes like, you can tell, you can read the lips. She's saying the F word. Yeah, yeah. As the as the rock is going by, I was like, that is a total Fast and Furious moment right there. Vin Diesel would have been like, I'm going to sue for copyright <laughs> stunt infringement. You know what that uh, street reminded me of, though? Like, remember Moon Knight, where they're ch- being chased right. down and everything's falling down through that? It kind of gave me that episode. vibe. Yeah, on the first episode, I kind of got mm-hmm. that vibe. But yeah. it was kind of fun. Now- uh, Anthony Ramos, who plays Noah, you know, we've seen him in other productions. He was in The Heights. He was also mm-hmm. um, one of the main original actors of Hamilton. He did very good. I think so. He was yeah. good. Yeah, he, he had that that Brooklyn accent. And for me, being 
from New York or living in New York and Brooklyn for like a good 15 years, that took me back. His brother, holy New York boy, he is a total New Yorker. And I was just he's like, like, he's like, I'm not asking, I'm telling you. Oh, yeah. The, yes. the, the accent, you know, <laughs> that, that they found him in New York. No ifs, ands, or buts. That was a nice bond, too, where they had where they bring in the Sonic. Yeah, game into that where they're calling each other by their their code name. There are, I mean, she was weak. I'm going back to Elena acting wise. When, yeah. when she's talking to Noah on the plane over to Peru, mm-hmm. she's talking to him and explained like how her father's so smart, even though he never went to college. And the way she's talking is like she's asleep. It's like, yeah, my dad. He's you know he'll talk about like the war and how things came to be. And he was really smart, even though he never went to college. I was like, well, why? I was like, why is she is she drugged up? Or is like to me, she was not the strongest character there. Not the strongest, correct. Yes. Not the strongest. And Noah was right to destroy. Mm-hmm. I mean, what he wanted to do is what they had to do. This is the first call was the right call. Well, don't forget, he's military. He's military trained. Yeah. He's either one world goes out or all worlds. Right. What he was calling for is what they had to do mm-hmm. and her being like a scientist and archaeologist if you will she was like no we have to say it because you know it's just like the first scientist more, yeah she was more about doing research yeah like the guy in bumblebee right she just got lucky yeah. now do you have a weak moment the the weakest moment for me was that final fight scene not with scourge and optimus but with all the stuff that was happening. Like, I'm not a big fan of them because it looks like they blended in together. It's like one of the things we mm-hmm. always talk about with the Marvel movies. You right. have that big climax, ray in the sky and fighting. And through the haze of the action, you lose the characters. I did mention about how I wasn't like in the Beast, uh, like that part of the Beast Wars. Overall, I did have a better time with the film than mm-hmm. negatives. I will say this. I'm usually not a Pete Davidson fan in, in a lot of a lot of things. I did like him here. Two very funny moments for me, which I feel like had to be improv, was the fist pound. Not that. Oh. Um, <laughs> the one where he's like, he's my work friend. He's like, work friend. It's like, dude, you were inside me. I, I, <laughs> that, that caught him off guard. And yeah, that caught Kim off guard. Even caught everybody off guard. Besides that, before we go any further, uh, how was your audience's experience? Actually, it wasn't. It wasn't packed, Um, Mm -hmm. but it was a fair amount. It was like maybe seven to ten people. Uh, One guy openly like clapped and was like, "Woo!" When Scourge got put into the lava, like, and Prime is like, "Let me show you what it means to be a Prime." And he's like, "Yeah," (laughs) like. Okay. Someone's an Optimus fan. My, for my audience, it was pretty not pack pack, but it was pretty good. Well, uh, size. They were laughing at things that we weren't laughing. It was like it was not funny, but I guess what have you. It was just uh, it made no sense what they were laughing at because there was really no joking moment when they were laugh. But they cheered when Bumblebee returned. That was a good moment to cheer. They cheered when the GI Joe reference. And they laughed us all hell on that quote from Pete Davidson. Yes. Because <laughs> it was really off guard there. The other scene but I was going to say, oh, sorry. But for the most part, they were, for the most part, they were the really attentive audience. Some people were being obnoxious in the sense of having their phone on here and there, which I was like, but why? But it wasn't too much that it was distracting. Um, and okay. And Zed? My last thing I'm going to say the other scene with Pete Davidson that made me laugh was when 
Cheetor pounces on him and he screams like a girl. <laughs> he's like, Stranger Danger! Stranger Danger! <laughs> I'm like, what? And the Cheetor's like, I'm sorry I scared you, man. And he goes, ah, I wasn't scared. That's uh, that's an oil leak. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. No, what's great about Pete Davidson in this is that I couldn't figure who it was. Yeah, yeah. So, so with all these lies, I was like, wow, this guy is like really like natural at this. And then to figure out it was Pete Davidson, I was like, holy crap. I was like, he's really good. And I was kind of refreshing too that Bumblebee wasn't the star. Yes. Yes. I, I agree. Right. And, and, and was- you had a star that actually talked back. Right, and interacted in a different way. Mm-hmm. It was great to see him in it, but I was thinking that he was going to be in it like he was in Bumblebee, like he was in the other Transformer films. And when he got killed or taken out, we're like, oh, there goes the continuity. How are they going to bring him back? And then I, I saw that happening. It's like, how, okay, this is going to happen. They're going to find that little mineral thing, whatever that they need or energy that they need to boost, and then it happened. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, there you go. There's my answer. So. Your overall, uh, let's get your rating on this. Is It is entertaining. It is worth the watch, especially on the big screen. To own, no. A movie like Transformers or the, any movie for the Transformer franchise, it's appreciated on the big screen with the, the surround sound system. That's what you need it for. Can you watch it on a small screen? Yes, but you're not going to get that well of an experience. That oomph. What about you? View it, yes. Worth the watch. Yeah, especially if you're a Transformers fan. For me, yes. And then I'm probably gonna go get it. In comparison to Bumblebee, mm-hmm. which one is better? It has mm-hmm. to be this one, because if you like Beast Wars. I will nudge it for this one just because it does it, it like it solidifies the reboot idea to me. More action too. To me, Transformers, the original, still holds up. It's still better. Hey, I'm not gonna take that away from you. Well, no, it's because you have multiple things. You have the military gets involved. Notice that no military got involved. There's intergalactic threat. We could say that they're to the G.I. Joe now, though. Yeah, but no. <laughs> no. You had intergalactic threat happening in the original, and what happened? The military got involved, as rightly so. Mm-hmm. Okay, especially if you see a huge planet coming down. To devour you? What? You don't have nothing to answer for it? I mean, they wrote it off as a storm, but... But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Come on. I mean, did the military get involved it. with Green Lantern? Poor, poor comparison. We're talking about Transformers. <laughs> We're talking about Transformers. We're not cross-franchising here. Not yet. Okay? We're talking about this. Even though it's far-fetched, it brought some reality to it I in the original. That. And I just find it a little a better story. Oh, I did like the transformation. Optimus. It looked it reminded me of the toy. He did the whole thing. Right. But here's the thing. When he's a truck, he's all shiny and clean. And when he transforms into Optimus Prime, he's all dirty and rusty. I gotta relook at that part to see if he's rusty. Necessarily rusty, but his is all he's dirty. He does look he, he doesn't look as clean cut and as yeah, I agree. But, but when he's a but when he's a truck, he is. He's chromed out, shiny, sparkling. Then again, when he goes into a robot form, all that shine, whatever he had, just goes away. Mm, it's so true. It's like, uh. All right, guys. That is our movie review of Transformers Rise of the Beast. Have you seen it? Please let us know what your thoughts about it. Also, if you have a movie or show you would like us to review, please don't be shy. Let us know. Emails at tells the two bros at gmail.com or leave the description below. 
Until next time, we'll be the next time. I'm Angel. I'm Adon. Love you, bro. Love you too. You all are one.